It takes more than coining acronyms for things to be a great engineer. This is episode 191 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. And I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show where we answer all of your non-technical questions about the technical field of software development. And we don't have an acronym for it. I mean, SSE, but that's like Senior Software Engineer. Yeah. (laughs) But that's never stopped any developer from coining an acronym for anything ever. (laughs) Wait, this already conflicts with a widely used term. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) I think watching names affect usage is kind of like, I feel like that's the closest I feel to to believing in witchcraft, (laughs) where there's this dark art of like naming something gives you power over it, like the mean stack. Uh That's true, though. Before mean was a name, it was just like you could use some of these open source projects and someone came up with the name mean. And then a thousand consulting companies were spawned and like <laughs> a million boot camps and yep. it just kicked off this industry of people all talking about mean yeah. or like jam stack or yep. lamp or e- even the know. word stack. Yeah. Yeah. And lamp. Ooh, lamp. That one really dates you. What was the other one I was thinking of? There's another another name I can think of that had a huge impact on the industry. What is that? Ajax. Oh, yeah. Ajax. Enormous. Soap, everyone's favorite. Soap. acronym <laughs> i mean yeah what if what if soap's name was less like easily i don't know soap is kind of like a cute name that sticks in your mind what if its name was like moistener or something <laughs> that was like the the acronym that would be more appropriate yeah fungi <laughs> <laughs> even more appropriate <laughs> anyways that's not what this show's about no <laughs> Do you want to talk about our patrons? I do. Thanks to those that are contributing on Patreon that get them a weekly shout-out. They are Scoof, Ivo Robotnik, Luke Bayless, Luis Santos, Zach Grannon, Chris Hogan, Stanley Tactical Radio, Braden Keynes, Nikolai Ilyushkin, Philip John Basile, Stephen Armand Lee, John Grant, Crash Bandicoot, Vinlock, Matthew Voidovich, Nick Cantor, Ted Nugent, The Agile Ventures, Charity, Maple Syrup, Sonic the Hedgehog, Taras Haruk, Sunny Tai, Sean, and Michael Green. If you would like to contribute to our Patreon, we would love it if you did. And you can do that by going to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon. And if you do, you will get access to our Slack community, which is so cool. So much hilarity, so much actual good advice, unlike the stuff you hear on the show. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the yin to our yang, right? Like (laughs) we give crap advice and then you can go in the Slack community and get real good advice. Please join us. We love it there. We'd love it if you did. And it helps support the show. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to jump into our first question. This is from a listener named Quality Wolf. (laughs) I'm an introverted person, but I'm not afraid to present my work and have strong one-on-ones. For the past few months, I've been working on a project with a coworker who is very extroverted and expressive compared to me. During meetings with higher-ups to present our work in progress, he overpowers me in conversation unwittingly. Most of the time, I feel like he does a good job, but other times I notice that he makes claims without gathering all of the data. I'm much more deliberate and will let people know if I'm uncertain about something but he is willing to just say something outright and then later apologize if he was incorrect. I want to make sure that in meetings I don't come across as weak. I'm pretty confident in my technical ability and am polite at work, but I don't think I come across as very approachable due to my lack of expressiveness. Is Mm. this something I should work on? Ooh, very good question. Yeah, so... I know a group of men that this is kind of the default way that they communicate with each other. They just like explain stuff at each other that they don't understand very well. And it's kind of interesting to sit on the side and watch uh, because no one knows what they're talking about, but they're all like performing knowing what they're talking about. Huh? And and that's, it's not like malicious on their part. It's just how they, just how they interact with people <laughs> to some extent. So some people explore ideas by speaking about them 
So hold on. You got to tell us more about this group. <laughs> Who are these people? Are they talking about politics? It's everything that you could talk about without knowing a lot about. So like <laughs> politics, sports, religion, like, I don't know, new technical facts or I don't know, fun, fun technology ideas, culture things. Electric cars. Just stuff you can talk about. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But, but I think that's the way some people work things out. Okay. It, they just they just say stuff. The, the way they discover truth is by saying it out loud and seeing how people react. Yeah, kind of. I think so. I mean, seems pretty reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is what we did before we had science. <laughs> it worked for thousands of years. Yeah, why change now? It worked for exactly 7,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> According to those people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I guess my point is, it it might be you could you could look at this behavior and ascribe it to ill intent of of someone just being a blowhard, mm-hmm. but it could be just yeah, just brainstorming stuff. Hmm. I don't know how you deal with it though, if if you feel like it's negatively affecting you. That's where we come in. We're gonna, we're gonna solve this for you. <laughs> oh, okay. Erase that last sentence I said about not knowing how to help from right. the mind. No, I mean to get actual help, you have to go to the Slack community. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I was gonna say that. You said they don't have ill intent, and I think here it's the question asker says he overpowers me in conversation unwittingly, and then later he corrects himself if he finds out that he said something in- incorrect. This is great. Yeah, I feel like they're <laughs> they're above average. Yes. <laughs> if they notice that they are wrong. For the people that I know that act like this in meetings, they don't do those things. <laughs> they don't they don't come back and correct themselves later. Yeah, they will they will die before they admit that <laughs> they said a thing that was wrong and it was them saying it and it is wrong. <laughs> exactly. So this is like first of all this is great. <laughs> like I think you just need to <laughs> accept that you're. This is not a, a terrible situation. Yeah. But now you still have to figure out how to how to navigate it. But oh man, it is so much harder when they're like, "What do you mean I was wrong? No, I wasn't. I meant I meant exactly what came, turned out to be true." <laughs> I never said that. Yeah, exactly. That's when your strategy of never taking notes in meetings yeah. bites you. <laughs> exactly so that's good but now how do you how do you become i guess the the fundamental question is here is how do you become expressive enough that you can both be heard in meetings and be trusted by others to to come to you and actually develop like an expert rapport Hmm. what i would like to be true is that you just quietly do a really good job and it happens yes (laughs) (laughs) well that is the long honestly that is the long game here yeah that's true to some extent but you're also kind of hoping that you're in a place where being a good actor is rewarded Mm -hmm. and kind of just doing doing good work will work out for you in other words, not being a good actor, being a good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know you. I know that the context you meant actor is different than I'm taking it wrong on purpose. But <laughs> this other person is an actor, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know what you mean, though. It, it's much funnier when you explain the joke. <laughs> Thank you for helping. <laughs> hey, have I said anything else that you were wondering if it was a joke? I'd be happy to explain that too. I guess yeah, you're you're putting a lot of trust in a company whose job is to make money at all costs. True. <laughs> not not live up to your trust. True. What do you do in the short term, or, or what do you do to help that along? Maybe maybe they're not. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you don't have to be totally cynical about it, but you just say like, I want my good quiet work to be quietly recognized by everyone loudly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, can, if you are not an inherently expressive person, and and by the way, I am a very expressive person. So I tend to be that person in the meeting who is 
a little bit more talkative than everyone else, and I, I tend to kind of raise the energy level a little bit. And honestly, this this frustrates people, and I've seen it. In fact, about 10 years ago or so, I was working at a company, and it was an extremely engineering-oriented culture. Like, the entire management hierarchy was all engineers. And we're, we're talking capital E engineers here, not, not software developers. Like, there's a bunch of electrical engineers yeah. who, ran, who ran the company. And I remember one of them at one point said something about meeting decorum and discussing something. And he said, and I was in the room, he said, the last thing we want is a bunch of Dave Smiths running around here. (laughs) And and he was specifically referring to my kind of gregarious, expressive nature in group settings. And he's right. Like there's a certain balance to be struck here, I think, where you have people that are just overexpressive to the point that they actually say false crap. And then on the other hand, on the other end of that spectrum, you have people that are so quiet that they seem unapproachable. That they don't say true crap. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So this doesn't help you directly. Actually, maybe it will. This is where the role of a facilitator comes into play. A, A skilled facilitator will know the communication styles of people in the meeting Mm. and we'll know that hey quality wolf often has good (laughs) ideas but doesn't jump in to express them or sometimes waits for for all the data to come in and and so sometimes we don't get their insights as much so i need to reach out to them and make sure that they are involved by asking them specific direct questions yes that's a thing that a manager could do or, or someone running the meeting but that also depends on that person knowing you well and and being willing to kind of get the best out of you by pulling it so are you saying you could like hire a, a contractor to come in and do that job in your meetings yeah hire your own personal meeting facilitator <laughs> for you who <laughs> just speaks up only for you though yeah exactly <laughs> You could approach a manager about that, though, and say, hey, I'd love some support in these meetings. There is something here about I I don't want to speak up until I have all the data. I will let people know if I'm uncertain. It makes claims without gathering all the data. I do think that's a valuable, valuable perspective to have, but there are times when anecdote is it's not data, but it is useful for determining direction, Mm -hmm. like Every every scientific study started off with an anecdote and then someone went like, huh, I should look into that more, you know? Yeah. So I don't know that you have to have everything 100% proved out before you say it. It can be very useful to have data to back up what you say, but you can also contribute without all of the data just from your, your experience and insight. Does that make sense? It does. And I think what you're saying is learn to express what you know and what could potentially be true, even if it's multiple things and the uh, confidence that you have in those things. In other words, while, while Mr. I guess we don't have a name here, but the overpowering, overshadowing guy, while he's out there making these statements that are overstated, you could say, not in response to this person, but rather just on your own, you could say, look, these are the things that may be true. And in order to determine their truthfulness, we need to do the following activities, you know, and just state like what is the what is known rather than just sitting quietly. Yeah, that's valuable, too. Like it's valuable to have ideas and opinions thrown into to a discussion, even if they're not provably true. Mm-hmm. Especially um, especially if a decision needs to be made for like a low impact reversible decision, you know, where it's like, eh, you know, yeah. if we get this wrong, it's not the end of the world. So let's not let's not waste time deliberating. Isn't there another Bezos thing about how if you wait until you know for sure, you probably waited too long? Yeah, that's in the theme of two way and one way doors. Okay, is this something I should work on? So this is all separate from kind of approachableness, though. This we've we've talked more about how do you just contribute 
more of your own thoughts, but very approachable to my due to my lack of expressiveness. Mm-hmm. I don't know. One one thing you could do if you're having a hard time expressing yourself because you feel uncertain, you could actually express that uncertainty, and so you could say, "I'm having a hard time giving you an answer because I have uncertainty about X, Y, and Z." You know, and then that that sometimes can be a very useful answer, and that might actually bridge this gap of approachability. I wonder if there's also some just kind of like discomfort with small talk or or mm. kind of interpersonal interactions in general which is a very real thing that lots of people have sure and i think that's a thing you can get better at with practice to some people it comes very naturally yeah and it turns out those are extroverts and people who who kind of set a lot of the (laughs) communication ground rules i guess that's true so it can feel like you're you're just playing in someone else's game and you don't understand the rules and you just lose all the time because they've been practicing their whole lives and you don't know how to put on the equipment right or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Your helmet's on backwards, introvert. Yeah. <laughs> that's They've got introvert written all over them. <laughs> Jersey's on inside out. <laughs> and introvert is on the inside of the jersey. That's I right. Guess, of course in this it is. metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> but there are things you can do to practice getting more comfortable with people and communicating more more fluidly with people, even in non like information gathering communication. Like if you're in a meeting where you're presenting something, that's one style of communication. But it feels like Quality Wolf is saying, like, I just kinda don't I don't know, I don't like chit chat with people well, so I've seemed kind of standoffish. Yeah. A book that I've waffled back and forth on recommending to people is How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's kind of the classic about this. It has some weird stuff too, but it's an interesting insight into like what might make people get along with you better, I guess. But there's a million of them out there. You should create like a 21st century version of How to Win Friends and Influence People that takes out some of the awkward like 1960s culture. Yeah. I think it's older than that. It's the 20s. Oh my gosh. It's a century old. It's time for a refresh. How to Win sponsorships and influence followers (laughs) for the instagram age (laughs) step one tight 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 yoga pants those apply both to 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 any yeah anyone anyone looks good in tight yoga pants that is so true and you trust their technical advice more turns out If they've got strong quads. So what do you think about like in a meeting context where your coworker is out spouting falsehoods that you don't actually know if they're true yet because you you feel uncertain because you need to go do some homework on it? Oh, yeah. I, I totally forgot. They're on the project with them. Yeah. So it's like it's like he's speaking for you too yeah in a sense so yeah is it appropriate like you don't have enough okay so I've got an idea here but like you don't have enough information to actually shoot the idea down to say like well here's data that says that's not right but you do have one piece of information which is your own uncertainty about it and i have found that it can be pretty effective to say in a meeting i don't share your enthusiasm for this for this information i don't think it's i don't share your confidence in this and that can be done diplomatically and carefully so that you don't completely just you know crap all over this person's <laughs> this person's ideas. But I think in some cases, that can be a very good thing to do to at least participate in the conversation and make sure that your viewpoint is heard. I have had sort of this problem. I worked with someone who is very bright and very expressive and extroverted, and they basically dominated any meeting that they were in so that it it, it became a planning session for them to tell other people about their good smart idea that they figured out in the meeting and and have them go do it 
And it was really frustrating for me because I don't often generate good ideas in meetings. I feel like mm -hmm. I need to kind of sit back and work at the problem and wrestle with it myself a little bit, which I think is true for most people. There's some research into that, that meetings are good for kind of giving feedback on ideas, but not as good at generating them. Mm. Anyways, so any meeting I would, I would be in with this person would just be them kind of just racing ahead because they're smart and had a lot of context. But, but they were really bad at bringing people along or getting feedback or, or input from others. So it's, it, I think eventually they left the company and I don't, didn't, <laughs> didn't work with them anymore. So that solved it in one way. But another way that it was solved is we developed this strategy of saying like, okay, that's a cool idea. Just because you had this idea first doesn't mean like that's what's going to happen. We have to kind of take this back and think about it and come up with some alternative yeah. solutions as well. So kind of like slowing it down a little bit and reining yeah. it in. Because I, I bet sometimes your coworker has good things that he says. Yeah. So you don't want to just clamp down on him completely. But sure. yeah, kind of kind of in line with what you said. I like that. And I think people might be tempted to poo-poo the notion of slowing down the idea train. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, well, hey, we're innovative and we move fast here. But yeah. in, in reality, I have felt this myself where I have some idea and the temporal proximity of that idea, having had it just a few minutes ago, has great influence over my thinking about mm. that idea. And it's like, this is so important. It's got that new idea smell. On yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so many times in my career, I have come back to an idea that for whatever reason got sidelined, maybe by accident. And I look at it two weeks later and I realize... Yeah, you know, this isn't that important. Yeah. All the time that happens. Yeah. There's also most of the projects I have wasted the most time on have been because I jumped in too fast to doing them instead of spending more time thinking about them ahead of time. Mm. So it can always feel tempting. Like you're, you're losing time you could be spending implementing the thing if you think more and talk more about it. But I think in general, that usually pays off pretty well to, to step back a little bit and think a little bit more especially if you're not really comfortable with what's being decided or discussed. Another te technique that you can use is you can start asking questions in these scenarios. So your coworker is throwing out ideas as if they were facts, but you think they're not. And you could just ask some simple follow-up questions about them. And this could indirectly communicate to the rest of the group that these ideas are actually not that well-formed. And it could demonstrate to them that you are engaged in the decision-making and idea generation process. And you might just find that the meeting starts to turn toward you and, and include you a little bit more if you're asking questions. And, I'm, and I don't mean basic questions like, what is that? I mean questions like, what will be the effect of your idea on X? Or have you considered why? You know, questions like that. Keep those variables in there too, because then it's, <laughs> it's generalized right. to everything. <laughs> but have you considered X? <laughs> well, what is X? It's whatever you need it to be. <laughs> whatever it needs to be so that I was right. <laughs> One last thing I want to talk about is that there are different roles in teams and projects. And I don't think it's too bad that you have a role of being more evidence-based and focused. And this person seems a little more prone to flights of fancy. Okay. <laughs> I think those can work well together in some extent, and you might need a little bit. If you have people that just are focused purely on data, you might reach local maximums to some extent. Yes. And if you have people that are just kind of flying by the seat of their pants all the times, then it turns out you make bad decisions sometimes too that could have been prevented. So I think we've talked a lot about how to work around this, but also there's probably some amount of appreci appreciation for working with people that bring different skill sets and values. Mm -hmm. I support that. I've really come to appreciate that over the last couple of years, actually. Um, and I think that a team that has people like this 
and also people like Quality Wolf, quieter, more analytical, more deliberate, and slower, is a very can be a very effective team. Especially yeah. if there's someone to mediate it too. Yes. All right. Have we answered the question? I think so. Good luck. Let us know how it goes. I will read our next question. Please do. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, Hey, Jameson and Dave, I absolutely love your show and have listened to every episode. You guys keep me company on those commutes to work and keep me sane. Thank you. That's good news. I sometimes worry (laughs) we have the opposite effect. (laughs) And drive me mad. (laughs) (laughs) Every quarter we have an organization-wide demo. Usually it's one person demoing the feature, usually the person who has been working on it most recently. For some of the features, I put in a lot of hard work and time into the feature, but was later moved off to another project after completing my part. Essentially, I wrote the foundation of the whole feature. However, everyone has long forgotten that I ever contributed to it, and I only found out it was even being demoed on the day of. I feel really disappointed my efforts aren't recognized, but is it too petty to care? From a career standpoint, I worry that the person demoing will get a lot more visibility from leadership and it will lead to faster career growth for them. What are your thoughts? Thanks. You are absolutely right. (laughs) 100% from a career standpoint, Mm -hmm. it will lead to the person demoing it, getting more visibility from leadership. Yep. That is is how it works. And often career growth is tied to visibility. For good or for ill, that's, that's a thing that goes into career growth. Value accomplishments more if they can put them in context and one useful context is like i know this person people, <laughs> how it's how humans work people also value accomplishments more if they can see them yeah yeah exactly ways around this are lots of little easter eggs with your likeness in them so <laughs> if all the comments in all the code have ASCII art of your face that'll make sure the developers know who they owe this whole thing to <laughs> whose shoulders they're standing on yeah unless it's bad and they curse the name of the original developer yeah yeah, that could go either way (laughs) yeah i also thought about this a little bit and there's some precedent here so kanye west crashed the stage during taylor swift's acceptance speech you know okay you could just crash the stage of the demo like hey that's a cool demo let me explain who really did this and just snatch the (laughs) mic and walk through all the stuff that you did get lost because it's changed a lot since you saw it last it's like oh crap what happened (laughs) (laughs) there used to be a button here (laughs) wrote the foundation for the whole feature yeah that would work pretty well like it did for kanye (laughs) he's doing fine (laughs) there's also a precedent for in romantic comedy movies right like the wedding is happening and Uh speak now or forever hold your peace and then someone stands up and says, like, I object. And then so so you wouldn't even have to necessarily crash the stage for this one. You just need to shout out from the audience very loudly. <laughs> like, I built that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I believe you have to marry your boss in this situation. <laughs> That's the rom-com conclusion. Yeah. Or at least chase your boss through the airport. One of those two things. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do about it besides uh, those things? This is a tough one. And a question occurred to me. When I was reading this, which is, if this has happened multiple times, which is what I'm sensing, why do you keep getting moved off projects before they get to a point of demonstratability? Hmm. Or is it pronounced demonstrability? Demonstratability. Demonstratability? (laughs) This is usually my thing to mispronounce words, so (laughs) I'm totally lost. I don't know if you don't know it. Demonstrastabilite. <laughs> Just keep adding consonants until it feels right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but why? Like, why, why are you getting moved off these projects and not getting a chance to demo them? Because all, the ultimate solution to this problem 
is you would be the one doing the demo. But in order to do the demo, you have to be on the project. Hmm. Are you like the tiger team that jumpstarts new projects and then moves on to other things? That's a good question. Maybe they're really good at kind of like standing up projects and mm -hmm. getting the initial infrastructure laid down and, and getting it off the ground. And they kind of hop from project to project doing that. Yeah, maybe. And maybe the answer is before you, when someone comes to you and says, okay, it's time for you to move on to the next project, you could say, okay, but I want to do a demo first. Yeah. Another thing I take from this question is that it's important to give copious amounts of credit to people that, that work on projects if you're in yeah. some position to demo them or take credit for them. Like it never hurts unless you work in a horrible place and then <laughs> get out. If it hurts to give credit to people that helped um, get, yes, out. get out. <laughs> but it, it, it's kind of a pay it forward thing too. If you have a culture of giving credit clearly to recognize work that was done, then this is less of a problem Yeah, because it, it's just kind of known that, oh yeah, Anonymous Listener helped lay all the foundation of this feature. Yeah. And that's a pretty common practice in demos, I've seen. Yeah, maybe that's a piece of feedback for the demo that it should also include credit. Yeah. So whoever's organizing this quarterly demo, you can go to them and say, hey, as part of the demo, we should recognize everyone who participated and make sure that the demonstrator person gives credit to everyone else. I love that. Yeah. And it might actually be weird if you if, if they know that you worked on a thing that you're not going to demo. like. They might be like, okay, sure, we'll make sure everyone gets credit with right. big air quotes around it. But if you make it clear and say like, hey, I'm thinking about this because I worked on this, but there are other people in this situation too. Yeah, it would be easier to share this idea if you can identify the names of a handful of other people who are not getting credit. Yeah. That'd be awesome. From a career standpoint, I mean, yeah, that's... <laughs> Is there anything you can do about the career visibility thing once this demo has passed? Oh, that's a hard one. I, I have seen this behavior. I don't know if this is standard across everywhere, but there's like one unit of career growth in each project and, and it gets like used up by the person that gets that gets recognized for it first Okay. to some extent. So like this project ships, it, someone gets a promotion for it and then like the, the promotion juice is squeezed out, you know? Out of that project, meaning like no one else will get career credit. For yeah, even if, even if there were lots of contributors to it, like if it comes up, they'll be like, yeah, but this other person did it. We promoted them for it, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's garbage, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is horrible garbage. We know that three of you worked insane hours on this project for six months, but only one of you will get any credit. Yeah. And to determine that, you will all fight to the death. Yep. <laughs> That way, the strongest survive. Right. And our, our culture is healthy. That's right. Not full of weak blood that can't win in a knife fight. We take natural selection very seriously here. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what could you do if you're worried about how do you get visibility on things besides this demo? Maybe that's the, the question we should be asking. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's other vectors for you to get visibility, maybe. Or maybe even within the demo. I mean, if this is quarterly and it's being organized by like across the whole organization, then there's probably some amount of coordination that goes into it up front. And if you could tap into that process and figure out ahead of time what's being demoed, you could somehow work your credit in somehow. I don't, I don't know. It's hard. it's hard not to come across as the greedy, you know, grubby person who's trying to get their name on everything but yeah but surely knowing that your stuff is going to be demoed beforehand could give you some way like maybe you could offer to help you could say oh hey i see you're demoing this can i help you get some demo data together can i help you you know script the 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 demo that you're going to do and then they have to credit you right like it's much more likely yeah. that the person will credit you if you actually help put the demo i mean if you make their slides then you just <laughs> add your name <laughs> exactly to exactly hey do you need someone to do your slides <laughs> <laughs> Note, all of this work was done by anonymous listener. <laughs> and they make sure they're a really bad presenter, so they just read the slides. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
And if you, you know, if you do do the slides, go ahead and put a little plug for our podcast in them. <laughs> we would appreciate that. But the real inspiration of this feature was from the Soft Skills Engineering podcast. That's right. <laughs> the reason I put my name on this slide. <laughs> Link to the Patreon. Hey, we've got careers to grow too, you know. You're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting. I think other stuff we could talk about is kind of more general career growth or visibility advice. I remember, Dave, you talked about, was it someone that wrote a newsletter about stuff that they had done? Was this? I feel like I remember you talking about this in an old episode. That someone would just periodically write about, like, here's what I've got going on. Here's Like for the company, within the company? I think so. I feel like this is a thing you said. I think I said that I would really appreciate it if, like, our leadership would do that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Another thing to do is, so we've talked about this before, but Julia Evans has a blog post called Write a Brag Document. And it's basically a log for yourself of cool things that you have done that are worth note. Because people are very biased towards recency. As you can see from here, like you didn't work on the feature recently, so you didn't show up in the demo. Yep. It's important to note down when you do things that you did things that are cool. Because yeah. often in promotion discussions or performance reviews, part of the input that you give will be like, what I did. <laughs> and if all you can think of is what happened last week, then that's rough. But if you have if you have this written down, like, hey, I helped contribute to this feature that got demoed, then it's easier to carry that forward. And, and that will give some visibility to leadership. And by the way, the end of the calendar year is a really good time to do that, which serendipitously is right now as we record this. And I, I have taken on an annual tradition myself of recount, just from my own knowledge, writing down all the things I worked on, the contributions I made, and what I learned from each project that I worked on. That's such a cool idea. I am so astonishingly unreflective about my past. Like, I wish I was better at stuff like that because I just put my head down and do things and then wake up five years later and yeah. like... Stuff has happened, and I'm, I couldn't name <laughs> one of those things. I also wish I was better at it because, honestly, I hate it. And I, <laughs> I always feel better when it's done. And I look over it and I go, hey, that's pretty cool. But the idea of sitting down and doing it is just kind of nauseating to me. Yeah, you've inspired me. I'll do it. Okay. Get past the nausea. Okay. I've got this garbage can next to my desk. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. <laughs> yeah. Well, have we answered the question? I think so. Good luck. I think your instincts are spot on here. And hopefully we gave you some ideas to try to get through this and get things... Not get through this. That's a, totally the wrong thing to say. <laughs> it's like some illness they yeah. have. <laughs> we can beat this thing together. <laughs> I don't care what the doctors say. Fight the good fight. Yeah. <laughs> Stay strong. What can people do if they want their own advice, Dave? Go... I, wait. Well... <laughs> Just ask yourself, I guess. <laughs> Okay, if they want their questions answered on this podcast, what can they do? Go to softskills.audio and click ask a question. You can fill out as much or as little information as you'd like. Thank you so much to everyone who's asked questions. We really appreciate it. If you want to support the show, go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon. You can also write a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app and share us on Twitter. Thank you so much. Catch you next week. Bye.